You were a slave to sin. You were a slave to your old way of thinking. You were a slave to your own nature, your own desires of what you want to do and whenever you want to do it and how you want to do it. You were controlled by that old sin nature. You were cuffed and bound. He said, you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. Then he asked a question. He said, what benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? What did you get from that? Jesus Christ is still in the freedom business. This is Jerry G. Martin, and welcome to our broadcast. It doesn't matter what your issues are. Jesus Christ is still able to set you free. He shed his blood on Calvary so we can be free as well. Join us today as we continue to walk in the light of God's word. are struggling with things like gambling, drug addictions, illegal drugs and prescription, alcohol, cigarettes, pornography, food. They use their refrigerator for a nightlight. (laughs) Shopping, hoarding, anger, abusive behavior, just to name a few. The bad news is that those behaviors can and often does destroy your relationships. They destroy your finances and they can even destroy your health. The good news is there is hope and help for you if you want it. And if you're dealing with something that you want to break free of, there's hope and there's help. It was Jesus Christ who said to Anybody who would listen, he said this, come, all you that labor, all you that are burdened, all you that are bound, come to me and I will give you freedom. You can rest when you got freedom. I will give you rest. And all you had to do rather was to come to him and he said, I'll do the rest. Some of us have been struggling for years with things we've been trying to get a handle on and we haven't got a handle on it yet. It has control of us. We don't want to admit it. We don't want to tell you. When other people tell you that that's your issue, you get mad at them. Why don't you mind your own business? Why don't you mind your own business? We get mad at them. We say, you don't know what you're talking about. I ain't got that. that that's not me. Jesus has his arms wide open to accept all. He said, come all you, any of you, all of you, you come to me. And I will give you some rest. That takes us to what Jesus Christ said in his first public announcement about why he came here to earth. And we can find that in the book of Luke, chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, verse 18 This is Jesus doing the talking, and I've been here for the last couple of weeks, and every time I read this over again, it speaks to me in in a brand new way. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is Jesus doing the talking. Because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, and he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to release the oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I want to take a moment to look closer at this phrase, 
He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. As I looked at that again, I read it one more time, and it says, He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. And I asked myself, who is the he that sent him? He said, he has sent me. And it was the same one. He said, he has anointed me. The he was the almighty God. The one who has the authority to make everything happen. He's the one that sent me. The all-powerful God has sent me. And then he, he anointed me and he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Therefore, Jesus was on a mission. He was on a mission then and he's on a mission now. If God sent him to set the captives free, there must have been some folk that was bound. It must have been enough people that needed freedom that he sent him with that purpose in mind. I need you to go and set the prisoners free. What is freedom? Freedom is deliverance. Freedom is forgiveness. Freedom is liberty. Freedom is release. And the thought of freedom has to do with someone who is restricted. The Bible calls them prisoners. You need to set the prisoners or the captives free. I looked at that word prisoner, and that word actually means prisoner of war. And I thought we're in a spiritual war. Prisoners of war. This is a prisoner who has been captured at the spear point, that don't mean much to us, we don't use spears, at gunpoint, you have been called out, you have been identified, and you have been captured at gunpoint, it's pointing at you and say, follow me, you're no longer free. And what do we do now? If you ever watch the police or cops or anything, as soon as they get somebody out of the car that they think might be a problem, they cuff them. So you can't be free to do what you want to do. And the enemy has cuffed a lot of us. So we're not free to do what God wants us to do. And the reason the church has not accomplished a lot of the things that God wants us to accomplish is because we've been cuffed. Oh, we can come to church and we can sing, but we don't lift our hands and praise him like we want to because we cuffed. Come on, lift your hands and praise the Lord. We're cuffed. We can't share our faith with anybody because we're cuffed. We can't serve in the church because we're cuffed. We've been held captive. He's holding us at gunpoint and saying, you better not move. It's your attitude got you cuffed. It's your self-interest that got you cuffed. It's your fear. It's your habit. It's your hang-up that's got you cuffed. Believers get cuffed. Unbelievers are cuffed. But Jesus gave us his very life to deliver us from every bondage and every stronghold. There are three things I want to talk about uh, what he delivers us from. And number one, 
He delivers us from sin and death. He delivers us from sin and death. I'm talking to the believers now. And there are some unbelievers that need to be delivered from sin and death as well. Here's what Paul says in the book of Romans, chapter 6, verse 16. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you were entrusted. You were a slave to sin. You were a slave to your old way of thinking. You were a slave to your own nature, your own desires of what you want to do and whenever you want to do it and how you want to do it. You were controlled by that old sin nature. You were cuffed and bound by that old sin nature. He said, you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. Then he asked a question. He said, This, and that's a question that's for us today. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? What did you get from that? What did you get from doing all that stuff that now you are ashamed of? He said, those things result in death. But now that you have been set free from sin, you have become slaves to God. The benefit you reap leads to holiness. And the result is eternal life. You know, he said, you're going to have to leave here and you can do whatever you want to do while you live here. But when it's over, it's only going to be one or two directions you're heading. You're going to go to heaven or you're going to go to hell. I didn't say that. That's what the Bible says. I'm just repeating the good news. He said, you have Reap the results of an eternal life because Jesus Christ came to set you free from sin and death. Look at verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. He came to give you a gift, and that gift is eternal life. He didn't come to try to send you to hell. He said you were already going when he showed up. He came to rescue you off of that road and put you on another direction. He loves you. He doesn't want anybody to perish, but he wants all of us to have salvation in him. He don't want anybody to perish. God's not walking around with a big hammer just to knock you over the head. No, he's not trying to do that. He's loving you so that you can go with him and live a life of eternity. He loves us. The psalmist said in Psalm 56, 13, For you have delivered me from death and my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. You have delivered me from that. He delivered us from sin and death. Now, if you've been delivered from sin and death, would you just take a moment and take a a 10-second praise break and give the Lord some praise? Come on, say, thank you, Lord. You got to know that you know if nothing else happened for me, if I die right now, I'm going home to be with the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you saints ain't even excited about that. I'm saying you're looking at me. You got that cuff on you. You got that cuff. I'm, I'm looking at you. I said, come on, praise the Lord for being free. You need to be set free. <laughs> that ought to be the first thing. Some of y'all ought to jumped up and ran around. Yeah. Secondly, he delivers us from evil and demonic forces. We're looking in Luke chapter 4, and you don't have to go too far from our text scripture to see this next case in Luke chapter 4, verse 33. 
Luke chapter 4 starts in, in with Jesus being out in the wilderness being tempted by the devil. And then he goes into the synagogue and he breaks out the scrolls of Isaiah and begin to read that. And he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Uh, he has anointed me. And now they put him out of that synagogue. They said, I don't know who, who he think he is. We know him. That's Joseph's son. That's Mary's baby. We grew up here. How are he going to say he can deliver people? And then he goes to another synagogue in Luke chapter 4, verse 33. In the synagogue, you know what a synagogue was? That's church. In the church, there was a man possessed by a demon, an evil spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice, Ha! What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Now, I've read this a lot of times, but uh, I was reading it the other day, and I'm thinking, you know, here's a demon-possessed man sitting in church. A demon-possessed man decided to go to church that Sunday. You wonder what's wrong with people sometime in church? Think about this man for a minute. I don't know his name, but think about him. So let's say you knew him. Maybe you can tell me something about him. What was he thinking when he got up and he decided to go to church? Was he thinking, I ain't been to church in a while, I think I need to go today? Maybe so. He might have been thinking, you know, I got issues and I can't get free. Maybe I should go to church. What do you think? He's a demon-possessed man. At church, he ain't at the club. He ain't at the women's club. He's not at the peep show. He's not at the photography den. He's not at the drug. He ain't at the crack house. He's at church. And he might be saying in his own humanness where he can control and think, he says, I, I got something I'm dealing with and I can't control it. I might need to go to church. Maybe that might be a little help for me. I don't know, but maybe I can find some at church. You know, the church ought to be a place where people can come and get delivered. Amen. Not beat up, not offended by uh, our attitudes, but they ought to come expecting that God might be there that the power of God might be there, that the presence of God might be there so something can change in my life. But here's a man. He, he's a demon-possessed man. I ain't mad at him. I remember when I didn't want odd people and people with issues to come to church. I didn't want you here. What you doing here? What's, what's your problem? We're trying to do something here. We're trying to have church. Where are you going? I had to be convicted. We were in a hotel. We didn't have but a handful of members, 15 or 20. My brother called me one week. He said, I sent a lady over to your church. I told her she should go to your church. And I knew who she was because I knew everybody, and I, we didn't have that many members. And I said, man, you sent that woman to our church. That woman got issues, brother. <laughs> and he asked me this question. He said, y'all don't take people with issues. And then he asked me this. He said, where should I have sent her? I said, sent her. Sent her again. We take people with issues. You got an issue? You belong here. This is where you belong. We ain't going to put you out because you got an issue. This is the place you ought to be. If you don't know Jesus Christ, you ought to be here. If you're a sinner, you got to be here. If you got issues and whatever issue you got in your life, you need to be here.
You got a drug habit. This is the place you need to be. You're an abuser. This is the place you need to be. Whatever it is, because the power of God is in this place to break every stronghold, to break every habit, to break every issue, to break every chain, or whatever your issue is. This is where you need to be. That man was sitting up in church. That man was sitting up in church. Let's look at that again. In the synagogue, there was a man possessed by a demon, an evil spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice, Ah, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Now, the man's voice was being used, but that was a demon speaking. See, demons recognize when the power of God come in a place. And they already know what the outcome is. Now, listen, you can argue all you want to about it. I don't know if there's a heaven. I don't know if there's a hell. I don't know. But the demons know. Because they said, now, wait a minute. Did you come before the time that's supposed to come to destroy us? I know what you're supposed to do. I know what the plan is. Is it time for that yet? He said, I know who you are. See, now the church folks that kicked him out of the other church didn't know who he was. But the demons said, we know you. We know who you are. And we know the power that you have. Jesus said, shut up. He just did it in a nicer way. He said, be quiet. Don't blow my cover. Jesus said, be quiet. And then he said, come out of him. Now, you know, Jesus didn't have to warm up. He didn't have to go and and get no anointing oil. He said, I'm anointed. He didn't have to ask him a whole lot of questions and where are you from and how long you been in now? He didn't do all that. He just said, come out of him. When you got power and authority, you speak with power and authority and the demons have to obey. Come out of him. Look at what happened. Then the demon threw the man down before them and came out without injuring him. And all the people were amazed and said to each other, what is this teaching with authority and power? He give orders to evil spirits and they come out. That's what the power of God does. One of the results of evil influence, demonic influence, the spirits is to keep people bound and to keep you bound with all kind of issues. Believers can't be demon-possessed, but they can be demon-oppressed. He's always trying to keep you, and he used oppression, depression. He can't possess, but he can depress. He can send fiery darts to you, so many of them, one right behind the other one, you don't know which way you're going. He's troubling your mind. You don't have clarity. One day up, sometimes up, sometimes down, and sometimes level to the ground, as they used to say. Demonic influences, sending thoughts of failure and fear, and sometimes suicide. Jesus came to deliver us from evil influence and demonic powers. 
On a Sabbath day, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues. Jesus loved to go to church. And a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit. Crippled physically by a what? Say that again. By a? All sickness is not just purely physical. Here's a woman that was crippled by a spirit. Look at what happened. 18 years she was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity, from your sickness, from your disease, whatever they call it. I know what it is. He put his hand on her and immediately, somebody say immediately. That's the same thing happened to that demon-possessed man. He said, come out and immediately. She straightened up and praised God. Then look at what Jesus said. Should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? Everything you see is not just what it is. You keep going through the same thing year after year after year after year. I don't know what's happening. I pass. I just can't seem to break out of this mold. I can't seem to get out of this thing. It's keep on going on. Some people have been in poverty for year in and year out. There's a spirit of poverty too that'll keep you in that same rut over and over and over again. You need to break that spirit and break free. No, he didn't give me the spirit of poverty. He didn't give me the spirit of fear. You just been scared. You walk in your restroom, see yourself in the mirror, you jump. You're so scared. Ooh, I thought that was somebody else. Ooh, Lord. I thought somebody had broken the house. That's a spirit of fear. And some people get so afraid they don't even want to go out no more. But Jesus delivers us from that. Thirdly, he delivers us from bondages. Pastor Jackie mentioned this this morning. John chapter 8, verse 35. So if the Son set you free, you will be free indeed. If the Son set you free, who's the Son? Jesus Christ. If he set you free, you're going to be free. Come on, say, if he set me free, I'll be free. Dr. Phil can't set you free. Everybody looking at him and looking at the talk shows and looking at all these other people. They can't set you free. They're going to confuse you even more. They'll tell you what you need to get right, and then they have these issues. You find out they done hung themselves. If the sun set us free, how do we get free from the bondages, habits, addictions, and hang-ups, and all the things that trips us up, even our own selves? Some of us need to be free from ourselves. If Jesus Christ has set you free, Why should you be bound? In the book of Luke, chapter 4, Jesus said, I have come to set the captives free. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what may be restricting you in your worship of God and your serving the Lord. But whatever it is, I want you to know that Jesus Christ has the power to set you free. All you need to do is to call on him and ask him to come into your life and to change you and to give you the freedom that he gives everyone who dedicate their lives to him. It is such a great joy to come into your homes or automobiles or wherever you are to share the word of the Lord with you. 
This is Jerry G. Martin, and I certainly hope that you've enjoyed this broadcast today as we brought you the message of freedom. Let me take a moment. I want to give you an invitation to join us on our Sunday morning service at the Light of the World Christian Fellowship Church. We're in Humble at 16161 Old Humble Road. Our Sunday morning services are at 10. You can also join us on our live streaming service on our website at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. For those of you who are looking for a Christian bookstore, The Beacon is open on our campus. If you need Sunday school material, Bibles, or church supplies or communion supplies, call us at 281 441-2885. Again, that's 281-441-2885. Now, may the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.